Welcome to the Overreact podcast. In a society that puts women in a box. Let's overreact, ladies. Welcome back. Uh, it's your host, Monica Mohoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And it's your girl, Lush Angela. And it's yet another day. We are overreacting with another ovary in the house. In the house, in the house. We're going to be talking everything digital skills, everything tech. Um, the demand for digital skills in gro- is growing as the digital skills gap grows. To bring about the change, we need to talk about the connection between digital technology and women's leadership in business and society. We also need to try to figure out why women aren't meeting the demands of the rapidly expanding digital sector. How can we understand the man and manage the underlying digital technologies that are driving businesses today and the need for women to be involved in tech and innovation? What does that mean? We have the right guest just for this topic. And we are so excited. Um, So just to give you all a a little bit of background, according to the 2020 State of Women in Technology and Startup Survey, 70% of women in technology believe that they've been treated differently at work because of their gender, while only 11% of men in technology believe this. This statistic demonstrates the growing need for bold and decisive action in the tech industry to close the digital gender gap in the hashtag MeToo era. What does it really mean to put women and youth at the center of inclusive growth in the digital era? And with all that that has been said, today's guest is a woman leading a movement of daring young social innovators who are creating opportunities and transforming communities via pillars of youth-led innovation, sustainable changes, digital technology to accelerate social innovation. It is my esteemed pleasure to introduce Esther Gadegi, the Country Director of Digital Opportunity Trust. Welcome to the Overreact podcast. Thank you. I'm ready to overreact. Fantastic. And we'd like to kick it off by breaking the ice. Tell us something interesting about you and maybe your own way of introducing yourself. Um, I am quite media shy, so I hardly ever talk about myself. But I would say one interesting thing about me, I once thought I was going to be a farmer. So I did some tomato farming when I was in campus. So that's, I think that's an interesting tidbit about me. Um, and I'm a firstborn of four, um, four, two girls, one boy. Um, and interesting being a firstborn and just interacting with young people. Ladies, we might just have to form a fast-born daughters club yeah. tonight. <laughs> we are all fast-born. Interesting. Um, so that's what's the, the interesting fact about these episodes is that we are doing that fast club, fast daughter club girl talk. Yes. Yeah. Are you yes. excited, girls? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Tell us about um, what does that being fast-born has to do with the natural inclination to as- assume leadership and to, you know, parent everyone, you know, take the lead everywhere. Um, did it happen to you? And then we'll share ours. Yes. My <laughs> siblings call me deputy parent. I think <laughs> most oh, I was the only one with that. Yes. So I think it's the, we are brought up to take responsibility. So your parent is, your parents will always say, take care of your sisters, take care of your siblings. So it's natural to want to take care of other people. Uh, we take initiative most of the times, you know, there's that one sibling who will come and tell you, you need to sort me out. Like, I don't know how to go to mom about this. I need to go out 
about? Are you going to cover for me? So we take initiative. We solve things. The number of things that you've solved before your parents get home. Um, something got broken. You said it was me who broke it. Or something got lost and you're leading everyone to try and figure out where it could have been misplaced. So I think that leads into leadership when we get in, we get older, when we get into our careers. We tend to take initiative. And leadership is mostly about taking initiative, being the first person who's taking action, making decisions, and pushing things forward. Oh, I love that. I'm <laughs> actually a proud owner of that name, Deputy Parent. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Esther. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Um, yeah, I, you know, carried that title with so much pride. And I think being a firstborn daughter has taught me so much, especially problem solving mm-hmm. and being confident to, you know, like, you know, these are two lives I'm responsible for when my parents are not home. So, yeah, I felt like being there for my sister and my brother has sort of like created um, part of who I am today as a leader. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, you do exude this aura or... Um, commanding presence do you get that a lot yes i do and i never i always wonder why like what is it that people see that i don't see because i'm like i'm approachable i'm easy we can sit down we can have fun i love dancing so i'm like oh well, let's go to the dance floor let's have fun um but i guess it is that you know you have to take responsibility you have to be the responsible one in the room um i've had in certain circles of my friends that they consider me a mother hen you know i'm the one taking care i'm like oh. did you get home <laughs> Did you get home? Mm-hmm. You're drinking too much. Have some water. Did you carry a sweater? So the party you know, you're always, exactly. You, you know, you're having fun, yes. But at the back of your mind, you're always like, okay, what's happening? Where is Angie? Where is Lash? What are they doing? Who are they with? So yeah, I guess it carries <laughs> on everywhere. So I love what you do about you know. Um, we spoke you know before we came into the studio, and you were telling me a little bit about Dot or. Yeah. Um, we'll call it dot in this part, but mm-hmm. it's Digital Opportunities Trust. And um, we also really are very, we love tech. Um, I think in this day and age, if you don't, then um, you're going to be left behind, mm-hmm. right? So we have um, uh, the Heels for Pads Foundation. We really try and infuse tech for good. So we have a pad dispenser, um, you know, where girls can use like um, N- N- NFC-enabled cards to access uh, pads and stuff. So that's something that we are trying to do. We With Sister Speaks in the past, we've done events where we've worked with organizations to amplify people's uh, digital skills and what have you. So I guess, why would you say it's important to embrace digital transformation in spaces like, for instance, as MHM, you said one of the counties uh, off air that you are in is in Kisumu, where women during COVID realized, oh, I can't access Mama Mboga. Now the, you know, the lady who used to buy, she's not coming outside. How do I keep like, you know, my my digital customers or rather my customers digitally and tell them this is what I've got going so why is it important to include it in all spaces in the menstrual health spaces with women um why why would you say that's important to you know to transform digitally yeah uh well you know Everyone from the World Economic Forum, the governments, the the world is going towards is leaning towards technology. We are seeing a lot of technological advancements. Um, you know, healthcare is moving into tech. Um, 
your work is moving into tech, we're working remotely. So it would be quite unfortunate to leave out 50% of the population um, by not giving them the tech skills. All this technology that is created is created for people to use. You know, um, Meta is not seated somewhere creating apps or developing projects and technology for them to sit in a warehouse somewhere. They're developing it for people to use to make life easier for us. And it's not just making life for half of the people easier. You know, so it's not half of the population. It's only not men's worlds that are made easier. It's the general population that gets um, that is made easier, um, and so therefore it's really important for us to for us to give these digital skills to women, and for us to ensure that they're participating um, within the digital economy. So, how do you ensure that they're not being left behind by giving them the skills, um, the abilities, and ensuring they have access to technology that is going to get them um, to participate actively within the digital economy space? Um, so, I think you have such an amazing journey, but I'm really, really curious to know, did you always know that you wanted to take um, a path um, you know, career path in tech. I, you know, I feel like when I see women in tech right now, you all are still trailblazers, you know, because uh, it's not that saturated with females. So what sparked your interest? You know, take us back a little bit. Let us know where this interest began. Um, no, I did not know that I was going to land where I am right now. So when I started off, I my background, I have an undergraduate in finance and a master's in banking and finance. Mm -hmm. And I started my career in banking. Um, so I worked in a bank, spent about eight years in banking, and I thought that was where I was going to be. So even when I was starting my master's, I was like, you know, I found my career path. I need to continue with my education and better myself um, towards this banking goal. And then halfway somewhere along that journey, realized that I needed to do more. I needed my work to have more impact. And so I started looking for opportunities to volunteer. Um, I knew that the transition from banking into the development space was not going to be a straight line. So I started um, volunteering, looking for opportunities to give my skills. Um, and through that experience, then I was able to transition into the development space. I started off uh, setting up and um, launching the Women Entrepreneurship Center in Kenya, um, known as We Create that was funded by the Department of State, the American Department of State, and um, championed by Obama. And then from there, transitioned into Digital Opportunity Trust, working with youth and ensuring that they have the digital skills that will allow them to thrive in a digital economy. So it wasn't a straight path. I didn't automatically know that I was going to land here, but the decisions I made sort of um, led me to where I am today. I love it. Uh, your leadership, you know, you always bring people with you. You don't walk alone. And uh, the way you say that, you know, that transition was not a straight line. Mm -hmm. How has it been for you, you know, from your own observation? Do you think women take such bold moves? Do you think we sometimes um, mark time when we want to venture into a new space? Uh, did you, you know, encounter those gremlins telling you, oh, you're not good enough, you can't do it? Yeah. Um, yes. So Im immediately I started sharing with my friends that I was done with banking and I was ready to transition into the development space. Because at that time I was a branch manager, um, everyone wondered why. So the first question was, how would you leave such a good position? Your career is growing, you're moving forward. You know, we can already see your career progression and your career growth. Why would you leave that to go and start in a new path and you don't know anything about this space? 
Um, so there, there, there are always people who will want you to stay within this safe space because you know that's how they've defined you that's how they've known you but you have to step out of that um i i had to look for the voices that were encouraging me um and and i thank my parents because my parents initially just said you know are you sure about this decision and i said yes i'm sure and they said okay fine you know go ahead then six months later my dad is like why on earth would you leave such a job you know why would you leave banking to get into something you're not sure of but you know he didn't question me at the beginning he said I am I have confidence in you I know you can do this whatever you put your mind to you're going to do it um and so when I needed that he was there he provided that um and then later on now he was able to come back and sit down and have a conversation with me about what led you to this space what made you make such decisions what is it that you are seeing that we weren't seeing because for them um for that generation it was get a good job, get a stable job, stay there, um, and retire there, mm-hmm. or maybe change jobs once. So what is it that you're seeing that we aren't seeing? So yeah, look for the voices that encourage you. I love yeah. that. Shout out to mom and dad for supporting you. I think, you know, definitely having your parents backing always makes a big difference in a young person's life. Um, so like switching gears, mm-hmm. uh, when we look at the digital global economy, it's growing rapidly but unevenly. Okay, so you have women and girls that still make up a large portion of populations in emerging markets that don't have access um, or they're not connected to the outside world. While in some nations, they've made significant strides in providing their populations with access to um, digital technology and others lag behind. So I just want to know what is your take on this? Um, You know, you express a great deal of passion about tech, especially women in tech. Um, what is the goal of your leadership to ensure digital inclusion, especially in African nations such as Kenya? Um, it's a multi-faced um, thing. So, you know, we we tend to start doing what we know. We're comfortable in what we know. So what we found is um, when we get to the ground, um, there's a tendency for men to participate within our programs very quickly. So when we put out an ad for these digital skills that that's coming up and and we start all the way from zero so digital literacy i don't know i've never interacted with a computer i don't know how to get online we give you the skills for that and then we go to slightly more advanced digital skills so you can get data analysis web development we're not leaving you behind Um, and so when we put out our ads and say we're looking for young people between 18 and 29 or up to 34 um, we tend to see that a lot of men are signing up for our programs. And so we had to take a step back and, and figure out what is it about our advertisements? So what is it about our call for action that is not drawing women in? Um, and so what we did is do a co- one, we did some research to find out, you know, do the women have this technology in their hands? Um, and then when we realized they don't have the technology, then we said, okay, can we give them the skills so that they have interest in taking up these technologies? Then we called girls and women into a room and said, we want to design this program for you. Um, and that made a very big difference because then we were saying, we're not designing a program that we assume is going to be suitable for you, but we're designing a program that has you in mind. What are you seeing as a challenge? So for example, what Lash was talking about, we went to Kisumu um, during the COVID period and we, we worked with a group of women who really felt that immediately COVID came in and and, um, everything was shut down, they were not getting access to their customers. And they realized everyone was talking about digital. Um, So how then does DOT come in and bridge that gap? Um, So for me, it's how do we get 
more people coming into the conversation? How do we get more people coming into this digital economy space? It could mean access. Um, that's something that we have seen as being a challenge. They don't have access to the phones, the smartphones. They don't have access to computers. So how do we work with um, other collaborators within the communities that, that can provide this access to the young women? Um, it also means providing the skills, ensuring that the skills are relevant uh, because there's also a tendency to give, um, you know, skills that are not going to help you know we, we assume that we know what the women need or we assume that we know what the young people need in the communities but by evol involving them in the design process then they can come and say you know out of my community I've seen um, people in digital marketing are thriving and I'd like to learn that and so we create content that is relevant for that and at the same time talking to employers and saying what are the skills that are missing from these young people and, and creating that, you know, uh, building that bridge and ensuring that then we, we actually are meeting the needs of the youth and at the same time bridging that mm -hmm. gap with employers. Love that. The design with women and for women. Yes. Very interesting. Love it. So I know that with DOT, 70% focus is on women, right? And according to um, Harvard Business Review article, one of the challenges, yes, you might not have a phone, what have you, is um, that is aligned or, or typically associated with women is imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. where you're doubting your ability and, you know, you're feeling like a fraud. Um, would you say that's something that maybe you recognize within the women you work? And maybe is that something that you think you also go through? Um and do you think it's it's a right diagnosis, especially with the women that you are surrounding yourself, as well as looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, yeah, I think I'm one of them? So among the women we work with, one of the things we did realize is that, yes, there was some form. I wouldn't call it imposter syndrome. I would say it's more on confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and so we introduced our self-confidence curriculum. So we part of what we deliver to the young women is ensuring that they have the self-confidence to pursue their goals. So, you know, I'm not just training you on how to um, get into the digital space, but I'm also giving you the confidence to actually pursue these opportunities. But imposter syndrome is beyond self-confidence. Uh, you know, I've been trying to read around um, what imposter syndrome is, what, what is it exactly? You know, Harvard Business Review did an article that says there's no imposter syndrome. We're just not creating spaces mm. to involve these people. If it's a table where you're the only woman, then it means they didn't create the environment to ensure that you're thriving on that table. And that's why you're feeling like you have imposter syndrome. But I do believe there are certain elements that are imposter syndrome. So for me, imposter syndrome represents as feeling that I need to have all the answers before I take on any decision or before I participate. So I'll walk into a space, a meeting or um, an event, and I'll feel I need to know one, I need to know a few people. I need to know what I'm going to say. I need to know what I'm going to talk about. I need to know how I'm going to interact before I step into that space or even while I'm in that space. And that's how imposter syndrome shows up for me. So I will not participate until I feel I have answers. And yet I don't need to have the answers to participate in this. So it's a gradual process. And it's accepting that when you step into a new role, you do not know everything about that new role. The reason why you got promoted into that new role or you got into that new job is because you have skills that are going to enable you to thrive in this new position. So you don't need to have it all figured out. You need to work with your team. You need to create an environment where your team supports you as you settle into the new role. And 
that's the hardest part, accepting that you won't have it all figured out and you will need support to get comfortable enough to a point where then you can, you know, feel comfortable and feel that you don't have imposter syndrome. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a journey to get there. Um, it needs a lot of self-awareness. It needs a day-to-day review of what you're doing and how you're going about your work. Mm. And I think accepting that you will have imposter syndrome as you get into a new role is a first step in ensuring that it doesn't make you not take action when you get into this job yes. or opportunity. So, yes. you know, something that's been standing out when we talk about imposter syndrome with all the guests we've had, you know, it's been very consistent. Like, it's more prevalent in women. But come on, sis, if you're at 70%, Submit that CV, mm-hmm. submit that application because you matter and you have the skills to thrive in that role, like you said it. Yeah, and we love that uh, you're doing a lot of con- com- self confidence and uh, you know digital digital skills programming. So we call ourselves as Sister Speaks as confidence ministers. So we feel we feel the vibe, we feel the vibe, mm-hmm. and we really um, you know you're all about that confidence. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, definitely touching on the points of self-confidence. I think for me, one skill set, you know, I'm, I'm a shy person generally, but one thing I've picked up is also trying to recognize a feeling, you know. Uh, you always feel a sense of being overwhelmed, but also uh, preparation also helps alleviate those feelings of, you know, having that imposter f- syndrome or feeling like I don't belong here, I'm here, and let's just do something about it, you know. Well, we've learned a lot. So Earlier this year when the elections happened and, and you know, um, the current president selected, uh, you know, who's going to have, there's only three women, right? And we're very quick to say, oh, why they're not women being, you know, selected and what have you. And I think one of the challenges is maybe we're not putting ourselves out there and we're not, you know, going into all these different uh, spaces and going into all these different avenues this different career fields and so as your last parting shot if you were to speak to younger esters out there who are listening to you and admire what you've done being able to navigate from a world that you never previously existed to a world that you do exist and the leadership that you perhaps uh, skills and and abilities that you may be needed in banking might differ um in dot so giving you a billboard we're right here near Waiaki Way and it's going to have your picture and uh, your name on it um, but what's going to be the quote so and the quote is on leadership cool if I had to put up a bit billboard I would say leadership is not about the title or whatever position it is that you're holding because you can be a leader in your home you can be a leader in your church you can be a leader anywhere it's about the characteristics that you embody. It's about the qualities of the action that you're taking. Are you actually bringing people with you? It's about leading by example. So being in the mud, in the ring, showing people how it gets done and inspiring them towards impact. That is what I would say. I absolutely love that. It was such a pleasure to connect with you um, again and seeing you again. I know you from our previous past lives um but yeah it was really really nice thank you for being part of um the overreact podcast season which has been really focused on embracing and you know experiencing and sharing the rather the narratives of women in leadership so you have been uh, listening to the overreact podcast a space where we openly ask the 
tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. A special thanks to Kofisi 9 Studios, where this recording is taking place. It's an excellent space for content creators to record podcasts and video content too. Do check them out. Yeah, thank you, Esther, for overreacting with us. Uh, you can tune in every Monday right here on Capital FM at 10.30 p.m. EAT. And also tomorrow, every episode will drop digitally via SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page and also Sister Speak Global podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Thank you for overreacting with us, Esther. We've really, really, really enjoyed having you. Interact and follow us at Sister Speaks 254 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And Esther, thank you so much for all the gold nuggets. And one thing that I've learned is, girl, you can do it. I think for me, it's, um, it's Lash Angela you've been listening to. I think you've just reminded me what Jennifer Lewis said, which is I think we need to look ourselves in the mirror and tell us, you know, we're amazing. And even if I don't feel like I belong, in time I will. So thank you for that. And it's a girl more. Uh, thank you for reacting and leaving us with the nugget that is the voices around us that, you know, we can anchor as our support along our leadership journey. Thank you so much. Ladies, let's overreact. overreact.